Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. Proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp. September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A.com. See you there! You're listening to Headliners, the show featuring the best and brightest of music from all over the world. Please welcome your host, Greg Howard Jr. Here to talk about the title track from their forthcoming album. Please welcome from Gray the Band, Gray. Hello. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me on, Greg. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, So tell me about the new single. Tell me about the new album. Yeah, this is our debut album. A long time in the works. Um, overarching, Overarching sentiment to... Why we wanted to do this is for years we were playing uh, and the audience kept coming out and we had nothing tangible to give them. So it was just overdue. This is our overdue debut. Uh, the first single is the title track, All Done. And the story behind the song was that it was a cathartic release of feeling I had the permission within myself to say that a certain challenging chapter was all done. And it wasn't really... Uh, but the song was a testament to trying to shift into that mindset. This is a part of me now. Let's move on in a safe way. And uh, for others that have heard the track, it triggers something in them that recalls a trying or traumatic time. It's kind of an anthem of celebrating the next phase, the next part, and incorporating the challenge as a reflection of one's strength. You know, moving on. <clears throat> It's all done, but what's next? So tell me if you could collaborate with any musician, living or dead, who would you pick? This was a tough one. It always is. And I could ramble on for days, but what just kept coming to mind during a fleeting response, reflexive response was Prince, you know, the one and only Prince. Uh, may he be resting well. I know just uh, consider him a musical and creative genius. And uh I think just sitting in a room with that person would untap, you know, unknown creative juices and let them have a torrent of flowing afterwards. And then a little more contemporary, uh, contemporarily, I would say SZA for sure. I just feel like we could write a really great duet. I have some in my back pocket too. (laughs) Thank you. So using only one word uh, describes the new album. Do you mind if I break the rule? I'm going to use two words. Um, something that's come up in the in reflecting on the record is love and disparity. 
Um, a lot of the record is, of course, infused with, you know, some heartbreak and some melancholy. But a lot of that heartbreak and melancholy overlaps with some of the disparity that we see in uh, contemporary society. And not to get too political or deep, but uh, it has some of those undertones, which might not seem as obvious at first, but they're sitting in there. And uh, more recently, somebody told me that the the first song all done that we're discussing uh, is, quote, sultry and haunting. So I thought that was a great descriptor as well for me. And those are you use two single words. So it's <laughs> I feel like you're totally within the realm of, okay, of the rules there. <laughs> yes. From the minds that brought you the smash hit podcast, Your Life, the Mixtape and Headliners comes Your Life, the Mixtape magazine, a free monthly digital magazine that focuses on music, culture, and social commentary on current news and events. Visit www.yourlifethemixtape.com to subscribe today. Who is an artist that if they popped into this Zoom right now and said, Gray, <laughs> I need you to come on tour with me right this minute. Who who are we dropping everything for? Yeah. Again, uh, my threshold for saying yes to that is pretty low. I'm really open. But uh, <laughs> came to mind was Charlotte Day Wilson. And, uh, and she often works with another group called Bad, Bad, Not Good. Uh, they're all out of Toronto. Canada really doing some great kind of neo-soul contemporary alternative R&B and absolutely feel like we could put on a ticket that completely meshes so well for an audience and I just think we'd also have a great time and I'd learn a lot so yeah Charlotte Day Wilson and or in combination with Bad Bad Not Good. If you could change one thing about the music industry what would it be? Yeah another these are great questions um I don't feel like I can get up on a soapbox I don't have the authority for that but it's hard to say i mean the streaming industry technology now ai everything's just kind of swirling together to make it harder to make a fraction of a cent right so in and of that observation i think i'm saying a lot here <laughs> a lot of people feel the same way it's it's hard right but you know the next step for us is go a little traditional and get on tour and sell a lot of merch because i feel like that's kind of uh uh, you know, your your safer avenue nowadays. I like that, especially as as someone who who loves a good bit of merch. I'm <laughs> I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah. What's a venue that you'd give anything to play? Yeah, uh, I had to start thinking to myself, like, really, what is a venue that I'd really want to play? Um, I'm going to go to one that no longer exists, uh, Fillmore East, which was in the East Village. Uh, from 68 to 71. Um, the only reason that this is even on my radar is growing up, I was religiously watching a live taping of Jimi Hendrix and the Band of Gypsies play a show on December 31st, 69, and a show on January 1st, 1970, just months before he actually passed away. And it was just such a, yeah um, impressionable performance. And it's not tapped into a little more of... Less of the rocker Hendrix, you know, more of the uh, R&B, blues uh, kind of side of things, soul side of things. And it really was uh, informative for me. But so that venue that he performed at just looked like a fantastic time. And it was referenced for having great acoustics and a lot of other big acts played there. But uh, yeah, Fillmore East. 
What do you think is your worst habit during the songwriting process? Yeah, getting overly excited and like stopping at one point while writing to loop a bit over and over again and maybe be tempted to share it prematurely on social media and the likes. I've really noticed a shift in my tendency over some years to get distracted and, and want to post something, want to share it, you know, that that calling, that feeling like everyone's waiting for you to be relevant. And um, whereas in the early years of writing, it was an almost untouched and sacred and meditative like experience. And uh, this question helped me think like I'd like to get back to that and be a little more mindful and reflective about, you know, this tendency. So yeah, thank you, Greg. Describe your music using only colors and shapes. A pulsating orb of oxblood, merlot, olive, and general earth tones. That is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. I think that might be my favorite answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, that's a question that is tempting to maybe just, you know, do some free association and Babylon, but I thought I had to maybe write something for that one. And I think it's pretty on on par with uh, with the soundscape. So what's a song that you've written that you feel like would be perfect for a film soundtrack? It's funny. Um, the song that kind of led me to be on the show, All Done, it's the debut single. It's, uh, it's a little more what people have told me, anthemic folk. And yet we identify as like an alternative R&B neo-soul project. So the, the album coming out is actually bookended, excuse me, by two songs that are similar in this anthemic folk kind of category all done which is kind of signaling the death of a chapter and and then that much of life which is the end of the song is kind of celebrating partnership and, and having you know the capacity and the permission again to feel like there's some hope in this world uh despite you know the burning dumpster fire that it can be at times <laughs> right <clears throat> um so those two songs i think would actually really do well and kind of you know poking at somebody's little emotional well and uh yeah i might look into doing some sync stuff with them uh, eventually after all this is uh, wrapped up and released Hello there, I, I want to take a moment to talk to you about Dear Dean Magazine from Dear Dean Publishing, my favorite subscription only monthly digital magazine. It's got subscriber generated content about politics, pop culture, travel, family, pets, and poetry and wellness articles and features, contributor articles from nationally recognized journalists, writers, and artists, and provides opportunities for novice writers and authors and other contributors to share their voice, talents, and words. Did I mention that it's completely free? Dear Dean Magazine provides free advert space for small creators, authors, and podcasters, fulfilling its vision that some art should always be free. It's owned and operated by Myron J. Clifton and is designed and distributed by Katya J. Lerner at Buzzword Consulting. Visit deardean.com slash subscribe to get signed up.
So this uh, next question is kind of a choose your own adventure type thing. I, I've got three of the most cliche questions that all musicians get asked in interviews. And I will let you pick the one that you would like to answer in this case. Okay, pick one. Okay. <laughs> your your choices here are who are your influences? What got you started in music? Or what is your creative process like? Yeah, it's tough when I realize that we're choosing one. Um, I think you can you can answer all of them if you'd like. <laughs> well, in terms of where I got started in music, I've been singing and dancing before sentience as video footage and my parents' testimony has proved. Um, in terms of the creative process, it's always changing. You know, in the early days, it was just finally figuring out how to play guitar because I'm a drummer by trade. And I used to sing behind the band, but anyways, moved on to kind of start writing. And so guitar to melody or melody than guitar, maybe a little vocal bit. Uh, last few years, I've been producing a lot more and uh, some people's tracks and my own just to just to have a nice creative hang with myself. It's just like, let's let's get a baseline. It's going to be and maybe something comes out of that. You know, I'm just very open to the process. There's no stringent or rigid method for me anyways. Uh, I'm constantly one of the persons that's humming. I work in a hospital and uh, there's these really beautifully reverberant hallways there. And uh, despite the temptation to use the elevator, I'm using the stairs and singing and not really realizing that I'm singing. And <laughs> one person one day was like, why aren't you singing today? Oh, geez, I didn't realize I was <laughs> taking up your airspace that much. Um, I don't want to be too long-winded, but it does say a lot about me, who my influences are. Like in the, in the inaugural days of writing music, it was old Bob Marley and the Wailers material. It had a great impression on me alongside the Clash, the Specials, the Heptones, Junior Mervin, Toots and the Maytales, to Simply Red and XTC. You know, uh, Erica Badu's Mama's Gun and Stevie Wonder's whole discography are other pillars that shifted my writing and general feel. And then we cannot forget Marvin Gaye, The Temptations, Otis Redding, Sam Cooke, Smokey Robinson, Aretha Franklin, Dionne Warwick, Al Green, Rufus, and like I said, Prince. And then moving along, we got Jay Dilla, Changed My Life, as well as A Tribe Called Quest. And more contemporarily, I'm a huge admirer of SZA, Twin Shadow, Little Dragon, Dijon, Charlotte Day Wilson, Bad, Bad, Not Good, Snow Allegra, Miguel, Raven Linnae, Free Nationals, Jordan Ward, Kendrick, Ari Lennox and all things coming out of Dreamville. Uh, I know that's very long-winded, but <laughs> it's one of those answers that I could go on forever about uh, very much. Uh, Do you consider yourself an artist or an entertainer? Uh, maybe neither. Maybe I'm a conduit. <laughs> like, I might experience a touch of the imposter syndrome for both, but I suppose in reality, I'm a healthy blend. Like playing live, I involuntarily become an entertainer with my movements and facial expressions. People can look forward to, to seeing that you know, translate state. <laughs> what do you think is the biggest misconception about musicians? Okay, partying and salaciousness. Uh, though I cannot say that I haven't engaged in my share. Tell me about the moment in your career that you're most proud of. Ah, I feel as though my memory might be failing me. There's plenty of shows and moments and, you know, getting a call back or booking a show that I, that I cherish. But I would have to say my most proud moment was when we were approved for funding from our local arts foundation here in Alberta. Uh, 
honestly applying for that, I essentially wrote a dissertation in the process and it was a lot of work, but I'm proud to say that it single-handedly contributed to being here today with you and being able to record and share our music generally. If you could start your career over from from the minute that you decided that you wanted to pursue music oh, would you do anything differently big time you know sometimes we get in our own way and then you have all these other people chapping and saying just do it just release stuff get out there i mean we got out there a lot over the years and the variations of the projects that i played in but uh, i would release stuff more wouldn't be so married to worrying about people's reception and uh, i also would have written the grant that i wrote that kind of sparked all of this you know being actualized a lot earlier um there's one good thing that i took away uh from the pandemic is that it gave me time to sit down and write <laughs> so you know making the best out of challenging times so tell the folks listening at home and all over the world uh where they can uh, get their hands on your music yeah, it's on all it's the major um, streaming platforms. Uh, it's available there. You just have to type in Gray, G-R-A-Y, The Band, all one word. That's your ticket. So that's G-R-A-Y, The Band. Uh, also, we are available to interact with on all the social media platforms. And we do have a website. So graytheband.ca is uh, you know more in line with our aesthetic. So you can use that as your number one landing page if you'd like it. I'd be happy to see you and meet with you and perform for you. Nice. And all those all those links uh, will be in the uh, show notes for everyone to go check out. I highly recommend that you do. I Great. Thank you so much for taking a little bit of time out of your day to uh, talk to me about you, talk to me about your music. I have, I have enjoyed this so much. Likewise, Greg. Thank you. Very much. And thank you to the listeners for taking the time, which I appreciate is, is, is valuable for everyone. So and thanks for having me on, Greg. Thanks for listening to Headliners. We'll be back next week with an all new episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For more information about the show, visit us at www.yourlifemixtape.com. Headliners is a Spring Break 83 production in association with Rod Wharton Productions. All rights and trademarks reserved.